Hello everyone, today is Sunday the 28th of June and I trust that you're all keeping well. We have made this afternoon Giving Sunday from 2 o'clock to 3 o'clock just to receive your offerings to continue supporting the ministry of First Balamoni. And so can I just thank you in anticipation of your generosity at this time. But can I also remind you to keep supporting the Balamoni Food Bank as well as the work of Christians Against Poverty. Remember the second commandment was loving your neighbour and so we are commanded to help people in any way we can. You've also received the news through the media about permission for churches to open. But it's far from straightforward and we want to make sure everyone feels safe and comfortable. So thank you for those who filled in a survey and the session will consider those responses as we plan for the next step of gathering for Sunday worship when that time comes. So here we are, it's the last Sunday in June. The children have officially finished school and I'm excited to lead you in worship. Jigsaw has now finished and so for the summer months we will include a short children's address in these services as we worship God as families in our homes. So as we come to worship, let's think about waiting. What have we been waiting for? We're waiting for COVID-19 to go away. We're waiting for the freedom to go anywhere without restrictions. We're certainly waiting to join together for worship. Some of us are waiting for the stock market to get back where it was in early February waiting for our businesses to pick up, maybe for football to actually have some supporters in the stands, waiting to book an aeroplane flight and go anywhere you want. We're waiting for many things, but when we worship, we are putting all these short-term waitings before the one great event we are waiting for. And that is expressed in so many different passages. So, for example, when Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, he says these words, 2 Corinthians 4, verses 17 and 18. He says, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. That is what we are really waiting for. Waiting for a world where viruses and death and sickness and fear and brokenness and temptations will never happen again because creation has been healed by the Creator God. And as we've journeyed through the Sermon on the Mount, we have been challenged again and again to look beyond today to God's new creation when Jesus returned and to seek that kingdom first. So as we pray, we fix our eyes on our God who is making all things new. So let us pray. Lord, in our homes this morning we have gathered to worship you. You are the king of creation and you've made this world to display your glory. And we yearn for your good presence to work through all our hopes and dreams, our waitings and our plans. Lord, you made us to enjoy our lives in a fellowship with yourself. So, Lord, 
we still our hearts today and we say, come, Lord. Come to us in our lives because we believe in Jesus. Come because through Jesus, the healing of creation has begun. And what we want to be in, what Jesus is offering to the world. We don't want to miss it or neglect it or reject it. So come, Lord, into our lives today and speak to our hearts. Touch our souls. And may your healing presence come to us in all our needs today as we cry out to you. Hear our prayer. In the name of King Jesus, our Saviour and Lord, we pray. Amen. Boys and girls, the summer holidays are here, but you know, it's been a very different few months with the virus. But we've been kept safe and everyone is being careful to not spread it. And so we continue to be careful in these months ahead. But one of the things that I'm sure you're looking forward to is going to the beach. Now, I wonder, do you ever collect shells? We were once on a fantastic beach where we found coral, which you don't really, well, you don't get in Ireland. Uh, we also find shells that were just huge. And you just wonder what kind of sea creature lives in a home like this, it must have been big. Maybe you could find out for me what kind of uh, um, animal would live in that. But what kind of things do we find in our shores? I uh, find these things in our house. Our children love to pick, pick up things from the beach and then just paint them. So here's somebody's footprints in the sand or uh, Here's another one somebody's done of, a, of the, the seagulls flying beside the water. Uh, but what we get is usually white kind of uh, stones on the beach. And then somebody's painted a little uh, tree on it. But you know the thing is, have you ever found two stones or pebbles or shells exactly the same? Have you ever found two the same? I challenge you when you go to the beach to go and see if you can find two exactly the same and you won't. They are all unique. They're all a different size or shape. They've all had a different kind of history of what they've been through, but they're all special in themselves. You know, boys and girls, sometimes you may wish you were someone else. But I want to tell you today what God says to you. He says, remember there's a, the chorus used to sing, I'm special. He, God says to you, you're special. And I love you because of who you are. And I sent Jesus to be your king who will care for you and lead you in your life. You don't need to wish you were someone else. You are special in who you are. And you are made more special when Jesus is your king and your shepherd. King Jesus wants you to follow him as your king in your life. And when you do that, you're in the most special family in the whole world. You're in God's family. And so don't think that you wish you were someone else. People wish they were you if you have faith in Jesus 
and you are in his family. So just like two, no two shells are the same, there is no one else like you. There is only one you, and God loves you. So when you go to the beach, you're looking up, picking up shells, you can remind yourself that each one is unique, and you can look into the sky and think, Lord, I'm special to you, I'm unique, but what makes me really unique is the fact that you're my heavenly father and Jesus is my king. Our reading today is taken from Matthew chapter 7 verses 1 to 12, judging others. Do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Ask, seek, knock. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. This is the word of God. So thank you, Christine, for reading to us. God's word from Matthew chapter 7 verses 1 to 12. What do you pray for? For what do you ask? Jesus here in this section teaches us about prayer, about prayer as asking, as about seeking and about knocking. And he's telling us about the character of the God we pray to. He says, if we being evil know how to give good things to our children, how much more will our Heavenly Father give good gifts to us? Again, like the previous uh, section, it's an argument from the lesser to the greater. If we being evil can do good, we are the lesser good person, then how much more will the God who is utterly good answer our prayers to do good for us. But you know something? These words about prayer come in a context of what has just happened before. And the context is the meaning of three images, the measurement or the scales, the planks, beams and logs, different Bibles translate that word in, in, in those different ways. And the third image is dogs and pigs. So you have measurement, you have a plank, and you have dogs and pigs. And Jesus says that we need to pray so that we will see the scales, 
we will see the plank and we'll see the dogs and the pigs. This is about seeing our relationships clearly all around us. So it's turning out to be a very visual sermon with shells here, but I've also, there's the scales, there's the plank, and I didn't bring in a dog or a pig because that's not the kind of nice dog that Jesus is talking about here. So the first image is the scales. Do not judge or you will be judged. Why? For in the same way as you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you used, it will be measured to you. Now, verse one, do not judge, is probably one of the most misquoted uh, verses in the whole of the Bible. You, you give your opinion of what your Christian faith is about and someone says, ah, you Christians, you're, you're supposed to not to judge. But when you, with a person who says that, has just make a judgment statement. When somebody says do not judge, they're making a judgment. That's a judgment statement. You cannot get away from making judgments, from having opinions, from having beliefs. In fact, all through the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is be telling us, believe this, don't believe that. So what does he mean when he says do not judge? He's not saying you can't have an opinion, you cannot express it. He's talking about judgmentalism. Judgmentalism is quite simply having a view but stating it without love and mercy. It's actually looking down on others with a superior attitude. And we know that's what Jesus meant when he, when he says do not judge because of the illustration of the log that he's going to talk about in a minute. For the moment, he says, do not judge. Verse two, for in the same way as you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you used, it will be measured to you. To you. So he's saying, see the scales. I've got some weights with me that belong to that set of scales there behind me. Now, what is a weight? A weight is a measurement on the scales, or it could be a scoop to measure out goods purchased like grain. So you put your grain on the scales and they would measure its equivalence and you would get the price. The weight is the standard by which purchases are made. So Jesus uses this marketplace uh, imagery and says, the standard by which you judge others will become the standard by which God judges you. So let this kingdom principle sink in. If there is an absence of mercy in your life, there is no reciprocal, there's no equivalent when God will show you mercy. James chapter 2 verse 13, judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. So the rest of the New Testament picks up on the kingdom principles that Jesus is teaching us here. So the measurement on the scales, the scoop or whatever, whatever the measurement is, represents the standard of how God will deal with us on the day that we stand before him to give an account of our lives. Now, Jesus has been teaching this reciprocal nature of the kingdom all the way th through it. Those who show mercy will receive mercy. Those who forgive, if that's the measurement, will be forgiven. Those who trust God 
will be entrusted with the riches of the kingdom. But just as mercy is reciprocal, so is judgment. Jesus telling us to remember that before we pass judgment on someone else, that we too will one day stand before God to be judged. So he's saying to us, with what standard would you like God to weigh your life? If you want the standard to be mercy, then you show mercy now so that God will show mercy to you. But if the standard that you use is justice, then God will measure your life with justice. But that weight means every sinful, every sinful thought, word and action will be judged with the proper punishment. But the kingdom of God that we celebrate, that we enjoy being a part of is, is about mercy, grace and forgiveness. They are the qualities that the kingdom of, of God is about. That's why Jesus is the saviour. And to invite us in, he shows us grace. He saves us by his own life. He forgives us. And we are embraced through faith in him and because he offers forgiveness. Those, uh, this is what the kingdom of God is about. And if we are citizens of that kingdom and if we have entered it by grace and forgiveness, then we are to be people who reflect the atmosphere of life in God's kingdom. And if one of the things that defines the life of the Christian is forgiveness, then of all people in the world, we are the ones who have the least right to be judgmental and to be harsh and to be critical because we are all about forgiveness. So Jesus says, see the scales of God's judgment at the end of time. Look into the future and remember that judgment will be measured to you according to how you have weighed your life now. If you show mercy, that judgment will be mercy. If you're full of judgmentalism, then God's judgment will be equivalent. It will be judgmentalism against you. Therefore, Jesus says, don't be unmerciful in your judgment of others. And so that God will be merciful to you. So see the scales. Secondly, see the plank. I brought in a bit of a log of wood that I found outside. Uh, Jesus in our NIV, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank? Um, other translations have log or beam uh, in your own eye. A speck in your eye is not easy to deal with. You want someone to remove it. You want someone to help you with your speck. It's irritating you and you can't see it yourself. So you want someone to come along. Can you see the speck? So here comes Mr. Plank Eye, Mr. Beam Eye, Mr. Log Eye. And he's got a huge beam sticking out of his eye. In Jesus' day, the, the, the beam he's talking about was the beam that holds up a house. In Jesus' day, they were 12 metres long and one and a half metres around. So it's nothing uh, compared to that little log there. And so people would have found this illustration by Jesus so humorous. Here's somebody with a speck and somebody comes along with this huge beam sticking out of their eye and tries to help them. How can someone whose vision is totally obscured by a plank sticking out of their own eye Sort out my minor eye problem. So what is the plank 
represent. I've said to you it's about judgmentalism in our lives, uh, but what does that mean? What does Jesus mean here? Very interesting story, very powerful story in John chapter 8. Jesus finds himself among men who are ready to stone a woman who has been caught in the act of adultery. Now they want to obey the Old Testament law about, about this, that someone adultery was adulterers were to be stoned to death. Let's just leave aside the fact of their double standards that if that this woman was caught in the act of the adultery, where is the man that she was caught with? He's not there. So there's hypocrisy already uh, in what they are trying to do by, by seeking to be religious and obedient to the law. They say to Jesus, is it right? What should we do? And Jesus is writing in, this, in the ground. Then he stands up and he says, he says, if any of one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Now, if, if Jesus had said, if any of you is without adultery, throw the first stone. And there would have been those who could have continued with her stoning because they had never committed adultery. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, if any of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. And the older ones left first and eventually the younger ones left. The older ones left first because as life goes on, you realise more and more, I'm broken, I'm a sinful person, I have problems in my life. Now why do I tell this story? Because so often we judge the specks in other people's eyes because their speck is not the same as the log in our own eye. But Jesus would have us realise that we are all in need of grace. None of us is without sin. And none of us is without faults. Every one of us has something in their eye. Whether it's a speck. Or whether it's a beam. Or whether it's something in between. If any of you is without sin. Let them be the first to throw the stone and condemn this woman. And one by one. They all left. So what Jesus is telling us here is everybody has something in their eye. Do you have a plank in your eye? You know, most of us can't see our own planks. If you know what your plank is, that humbles you and that'll stop you from looking down on someone else and criticising them because you realise, you know, I've got problems myself. But judgmentalism happens because we actually can't see our own planks. And that's why we're critical of the specks in other people's eyes. How can you see the plank in your own? It's, the, the plank is a bit like spaghetti on your face when you're eating a meal. In order for you to know you've got spaghetti on your face, you need someone else to point it out to you or you need to look at yourself in the mirror. And maybe that's, that's why Jesus goes on to ask us to pray. We need to pray for the Holy Spirit to help us see ourselves and to have the humility to accept what others say about us. We want to sort out the planks that are sticking out of us that everybody else can see. We want people to tell us, don't we? We want to, to, we want to be in the kingdom. We don't want to be judgmental. We want to be forgiving and loving and full of grace. Therefore, we need to sort out ourselves. But also we can't leave 
the other person with the speck in their eye. It's unloving to judge your brother who has a, a log in, in their own eye, but it's also unloving to leave a speck in your brother's eye. I'm sure you have been approached with someone saying, help me, I've got something in my eye. Now, you wouldn't know that person has a speck in their eye unless they came to you looking for help. Because the only person who knows they have a speck in their eye is the one who has it, but can't see it. They know there's something wrong with them, but they can't see what's wrong. So when we are dealing with planks that everybody else can see in our lives, or with specks that only you can see, Jesus is saying here we need each other to see clearly. Jesus is talking here about the kingdom community. This is a, 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 someone who's a plank going to a brother, someone who's part of their kingdom family and saying and pointing out their speck. And Jesus is saying within the kingdom family, within the family of God, do not judge others in such a judgmental way. It's only hypocrites who think that they can see by themselves because they can't see the plank that's sticking out of them. That's what leads to judgmentalism and a lot of damage in relationships within the community. So Jesus says, do not judge, see the plank. Do not judge uh, because you see the scales. Do not judge, secondly, because you see the plank. And then thirdly, see the dogs and the pigs. Verse six, do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. Now I'd love to complete my illustrations by bringing in pigs and dogs here, but that's not the kind of animals you wanted around you. Jesus chose the most despised animals in his world. Dogs were not pets, but wild scavengers, and they often traveled in packs like wolves. Pigs were not really our kind of farm animals, but more like wild boars, and to Jews they were unclean. So what is Jesus saying here? He's telling us not to judge, not to be judgmental. And judgmentalism is judgment without love and mercy of others, with low care or respect, just looking down on them and trying to put them in their place. Uh, it's a superior attitude. But now he's talking about the opposite danger, is that you become so non-judgmental that you don't care about genuinely evil people in your community and around you. That's why, that's what Jesus is, is saying here with this illustration of dogs and pigs. Dogs and pigs have no sense of value. Dogs will rip apart a, a precious item. Pigs would trample on items of immense worth. Jesus says, do not give dogs what is sacred. They don't, they don't appreciate sacredness. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. Pigs do not appreciate pearls. pearls. Pearls were considered more precious even than diamonds in the ancient world. You throw pearls to pig, pigs are going to be unhappy because the pig has to fill its belly and pearls are no use to a hungry pig. Pigs look at pearls and say, what do I want with these? You can't eat it. It tastes terrible. It's no good to what I need. They're not going to help me. And so the pearls are no good to pigs. 
Interestingly, the only other time Jesus ever talked about a pearl is also in Matthew's Gospel, and it's Matthew chapter 13. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a man who found a pearl of great price, and he sells everything he has so that he can buy this pearl. And so in Jesus' illustration in Matthew 13, the pearl represents the kingdom of God, the gospel that he is uh, preaching about, the kingdom that is the healing power of God coming through Jesus that touches your life and my life and anyone who has faith in Jesus. That's what the gospel of the kingdom is about. So the pearl is the kingdom there. So here in Matthew 7, Jesus wants us to see that dogs and pigs would treat this good news as worthless uh, in their lives. And Jesus assumes that we will know that pigs don't want pearls and that dogs don't recognise what is sacred because they're living for themselves. They're living for wealth and for money and to satisfy their own desires. And so in a sense, Jesus has already identified the pigs and the dogs for us. They hoard up treasures on earth because nothing is as of heavenly concern to them. They are slaves of money because there is no God they serve but themselves. And they eagerly run after earthly things because they worry about tomorrow because that is all they live for. They seek first their kingdom and everything that their kingdom can bring to them. And Jesus is saying to give them our pearls would be a waste because they won't value them because they don't need them. So what's Jesus saying? Is he saying don't waste your time on people who have no interest? I don't think he's saying that. I think at the very least he's warning us that there are dogs and pigs out there. So be careful what you throw at them. Be careful of the influence they could have on you because Jesus ends with the words that they can turn and tear you to pieces. And Jesus will later warn about wolves who will salvage his flock. So Jesus is also saying, see the evil out there. See the dogs and pigs. Don't give yourself to evil people. Give them the gospel. Love them. But be careful of how much you give yourself to them. Jesus wants us to see our relationships as kingdom people clearly. See the scales, don't be unmerciful. See the plank, don't be a hypocrite. Don't be so judgmental in others that you don't realise that you are sinful and broken yourself. But also see the dogs and the pigs around you. Don't give yourself to evil. Be careful of the influence they could have over you. See clearly. It's interesting, Lily, that when you compare this passage with the passage that has gone before, both of them start the same way. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. This one, do not judge or you will be judged. Then both of them talk about the eye. Previously, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body would be good. Here, it's the eye again. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own? Both of them have another statement and then both of them apply that. Previously, therefore, do not worry about your life. This time, therefore, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and you and the door will be opened to you. 
Jesus goes on to say, we need to pray about these things. Some of us veer towards judgmentalism. Some of us veer towards a lack of passion for truth that we make the preciousness of Jesus unrecognisable. And we're not concerned with the, the radical evil people who are out there. Jesus wants us to pray about these things. We need to pray so that we can recognise the logs and the specks. We need to pray for discernment in recognising the dogs and the pigs. We need to pray so that we will be motivated by the scales of God's judgment that will cause us to change the way that we deal with people even now. Because how we see others, it's all about seeing, how we see others determines how we will treat them and treat them appropriately as kingdom people. Jesus has come to give us life in all its fullness. We are filled with hope. It's a kingdom of, of peace and love and forgiveness from our great God, who, who's a good God, who, who answers our prayers to meet our needs so that we will embrace eternal life that Jesus offers to us. But he asks us to weigh our lives appropriately now as he will weigh them when we stand before him. This hearing is liberating. Um, this is liberating teaching. It's all about God's love and grace in our lives. And so it's not heavy, but we need discernment so that we will enjoy the life in all its fullness that he gives to us. So let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we need to see clearly as Jesus asks of us. We need to ask and to seek and knock to you and knock the door of praying to you so that you will give us the ability to see the scales and to see that how we um, measure our lives now to others will be measured by you in the future. We need to see the logs in our own eyes that others can see, Lord. And we need to deal with those logs so that in love we can deal with the specks in other people's eyes to help them see and to be healed and to know your grace and to know your peace as we follow you. And we also, Lord, to need discernment as we see the dogs and the pigs around us who trample on your truth and who might destroy us and our faith as well. So Lord, we pray for your spirit. We ask for your Holy Spirit to come and guide us, and lead us and teach us. But what it means to live in your kingdom and to follow you and to make that the passion in our lives, to seek it first above everything else. But you also promise that all these other things will be added to us as we need them. So, Lord, we step out in faith as your community into this unknown future, knowing that you as our good shepherd go before us and you're with us now. So, Lord, we praise you and we thank you in Jesus name. Amen.